I'm Zoe McEwen, Community Manager and Engagement Strategist. Welcome to the Community Champions podcast. Today, I have a guest with me, someone who has grown a large following on a lot of platforms, which is a tricky job. Uh, There will be a lot of people thinking, oh, wow, you know, I would love audiences in all of these different places. Uh, How do you juggle them all? And how did you grow them to be that big? So we're going to talk about that today. So my guest today is Caroline Strawson. Do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and say hi, Caroline? Yeah, thank you. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's really a a privilege and something I'm really passionate about community as well. So I'm a trauma-informed therapist and coach, and I specialize primarily in narcissistic and domestic abuse. So I tend to help women break free, break free from toxic relationships. So as you can imagine, community is a, a big, big part of that. So I'm a, a real trauma geek, all the things around nervous system stuff, lots of things I'm trained in like IFS and brain spotting, somatic experiencing in my training for that and EMDR. So lots of the stuff. So really helping people get out of their head and into their body and giving people hope. You know, for me, that's one of the, the big things when we've been through trauma, when we've been in these abusive relationships, we can often feel like we're in a long, dark tunnel. So that community side, that feeling like you're not alone and utilizing social media for that is really, really important for me. Yeah, I agree. I think we talked before Christmas and you said, you know, it feels like community will be a really big word for me in 2023. And I think you're right in communities also. It's it's good to have a mix of people who are at different stages of the journey and that's how they support each other. And they can see people are further on or people are just starting out with something that they're struggling with. Um, and you can't always be around for them, but they know that this is a place where everybody in there will understand them. So somebody will be able to support them at a certain point. And that's why creating a community rather than just a group, a space, you know, wherever, whatever it is, is is slightly different to your kind of average uh, social media approach to it. What platform did you start out on first? Like where did, where did Caroline first appear? <laughs> So I first appeared really on Facebook um, and that for me, so I went through my own divorce um, sort of 11 years ago and realized I'd been in an abusive marriage and I'd never really, I'd kind of got an account on Facebook, but I'd never really used it to be honest. Um, So I kind of used Facebook myself at that time to connect with the outside world, to kind of, you know, connect with friends and family and just kind of dipping my toe into that. And because I was suffering really really badly with a number of things, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, self-harm, Facebook became really a safe space for me to be able to have some form of communication with the outside world, but still still be in the safety of my home. So initially when I first started on Facebook it was primarily obviously connection which probably like a lot of people out there and then when I realized I was in a huge amount of debt because of my ex-husband we were in sort of over 70,000 pounds worth of debt my profession at the time actually Zoe I was a podiatrist and interestingly I started to use social media a little bit for trying to get clients and things like this kind of dipping my toe and then I actually joined a network marketing business, like probably most of the population have at some stage, potentially. And I actually used social media to build my business with them. And I, I actually had a very, very successful business um, in network marketing. And whilst I enjoyed what I was doing and it was safe for me to almost hide behind Facebook, it 
it wasn't my purpose. What I found was in that industry, I was attracting a lot of people that had been through similar experiences to myself. And I thought, okay, so I actually totally retrained to become a trauma therapist and coach in this space and set up my own community. So the initial point for me was really setting up a Facebook group. So really Mm -hmm. the starting point then for me was just, you know, social use, like many people starting to see the potential. And as I was growing my business in network marketing, I was, I mean, a long time ago, I was like boosting posts on my business page and things like this, not spending a lot of money, but it was, it was probably before a lot of people were doing this type of stuff as well. And then really learning it, you know, I have a science background. So I treated social media a lot like a science in itself of learning how to utilize it whilst hopefully just authentically being myself. And so the initial starting point for me was then starting a Facebook group. And that has just grown exponentially. Yeah, um, there's there's so many great points in there. So is that does that still feel like your first community, that space, that Facebook group is still the same one? Yeah, it's still the same one. And, you know, we have over 33,000 women in there now as well. And actually, you know, and I'm really proud of this because it's called Narcissistic Abuse and Trauma Recovery for Women. And, you know, I have a team of people that work with me now and we check every single profile. We're not one of these groups around trauma or abuse that literally just let everybody in or even have certain settings to, you know, if you haven't got a profile picture, we have those as well. But we literally... I have my team personally go in and click on their profile and I have certain procedures in place for them to go through to see if they are a genuine profile or not. Now, equally, I understand if someone's in an abusive relationship, sometimes they will have a very limited profile for security reasons. So again, we have processes in place if that is the case and we can obviously talk them through and we can speak to them and and get them in the group. But we probably get, I would say, 200 people trying to join my group every single day and we disapprove over a hundred. So it's very busy. So I could have a, I could probably have a group over a hundred thousand people by now. But for me, it's about that safety within that community. So people know, and don't get me wrong, we get the odd one or two that managed to slip through the net, you know, nothing's infallible, but we literally remove straight away. It's a group based on non-judgment, non-shaming, if anybody is like that, because again, I get it, we're dealing with trauma, it can happen they're immediately removed. You know, we hold a safe space for women to feel heard and seen. And that is really, it's not necessarily about the numbers for me. You know, it's about the the quality, the safety, so that women can connect with each other and feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and not judged. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, I don't have 200 people joining my group every day. But um, I think however your numbers are, it's important that just for some kind of energy that you do read and acknowledge who these people are. You do look at their picture. You do look at the answers to their questions. You do consider them and then click the link and say, yes, you're in. I think just that moment of time is really important because you're right. It's not all about the numbers. And if we just go for the numbers, then we are not really thinking of the community behind it. And you also said about all of your uh, experiences and trainings and things like that. And that's one of the things that I pick up really strongly from you that helps build a community that has longevity. And that is all of the training and learning that you love to continue doing. 
Absolutely. You know, I'm a lifelong learner and I always I always feel I'm there to serve. So for me, you know, lots of people who are trying to build businesses and things, they're all focused on what money they can earn or a lot of them are, not everybody. You know, for me, it's of course, I wanted to pay off my debt. Of course, I want to build a legacy and financial security for myself and my children. But this is a purpose for me. I'm doing this because I can't imagine doing anything else. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I would still be doing what I am doing today. You know, it's beyond a business for me. It's a passion. It's a purpose. I don't want one single person. And obviously, these groups are female based whilst I still work one to one with men. But I don't want one single woman to feel a second longer than they have to, that they are crazy, that they are alone in any of this, that, you know, in some way that this this is their fault. And if I can reach as many people as I possibly can doing that, I'm not going to stop that that is genuinely my purpose and my mission for this. Yeah, and I, and and people feel that I definitely feel that. Because <laughs> we all know with whatever community we set up, we're not the only person that has a community around that you're not right. the only person that that deals with um, narcissistic abuse and trauma. But there are things that make you stand out and unique that other people won't be doing. And I think one of them is your constant learning. Um, and so they know that there will be more stuff to come. It's like, yeah. this isn't it. We're never at the end of, you know, stay with me. I've got more to learn. I've got more to teach you. There's more coming. Yeah, well, healing is is not a destination. You know, I think even leaving an abusive relationship, we sometimes we put this um, destination on where we want to be. And, you know, that always sets us up for failure. Healing isn't a destination. It's a lifelong journey. We'll always go deeper. And I think one of the things that probably I'm very different to a lot of other people out there in this space or even in the in trauma spaces as well is we work in the body. I really integrate a lot of somatic work with positive psychology. So it is about understanding the root causes. It's not just about how you feel right now. It's why were we in these relationships? What was our childhood like? You know, so it's really understanding those elements, but within the body, you know, out of the head and into the body. So it's about sensations and how we feel. And I do a lot of parts work with internal family systems. And then the whole positive psychology piece around this, you know, post-traumatic growth, you know, I know that I'm living my best life now because I actually went through my own narcissistic abuse. Had I not been through that I'm not saying I wouldn't lead a good life I would I I would and I'd have my ups and downs but I know I now lead an even more deeply connected joyful life because of the trauma that I went through because I know what matters I know what doesn't matter and you know I know I still have moments not to do with the narcissist as such but just in kind of everyday life because we're human beings and our nervous system is you know stretchy but we want to be able to stretch our nervous system not stress it all of the time and and again for me it's putting those things in place and I also think you know I'm naturally creative with things like that as well so I like to learn the science and the detail around stuff and then share that in a way that hopefully is easy for other people to understand and make it really relatable to their own experiences. Yeah, I agree. It's so important because if people can't connect with with what you're saying, then they know that they're not going to be able to work with you long term. So you have to show all of those sides of you. I think as you're talking then and saying about, you know, all the different parts of, of everything and the work that you've done yourself, a lot of why they follow you uh, or anybody that has a large following is because they can see that you lead by example, that you have done the work, that you are somebody that has uh, lived this and and has 
you know, a role model has, has come out the other side and they think, well, if they can just follow that path and some of your teachings and things like that. But I never feel with you that you're ever selling them anything. Yes, I feel like you're a savvy, ambitious businesswoman, but not in a not in a way that uh, detracts from the first thing, which is your passion for just support and help. You know, like it's it that's what you're definitely lead with and that's what you're there for and that's very very clear and then if I can help you yes of course you know I've got all of these things um that can help you and that feels secondary but it's you do it in such a lovely balance thank you yeah it's really important to me even from the moment I started my business that it had to be always in alignment with my values I've always said I need to be able to look myself in the mirror every single day and know that I'm doing the best that I can coming from a place of integrity and compassion and kindness and you know and that's what drives me you know I have my coaching certification now in narcissistic abuse and somatic trauma informed coaching certification and one of the things that I teach them is I've kind of created something called somatic business success which is again about leading from the sensations within your business and a part of that is actually um, somatic selling and somatic socials so it's really looking at when we are putting things out on social media when we are creating groups we're looking beyond what we think we should be doing and actually looking at what we feel like you know we a lot of us know this stuff but how do I feel putting this out how is the end user my potential clients, the people of my audience, how are they going to feel reading this? And I'm really mindful of that. And that's about being trauma informed as well. You know, the things that I put out on social media, I'm very mindful of the wording that I will use to not inadvertently gaslight somebody to not make them feel even worse than they do. That's not to say maybe some of my posts might not trigger people. But again, I like to think that I put a lot of it in the copy about if you're noticing something or feeling something like that, explore that, get curious about that. And I think, you know, in this online space with, you know, I mean, social media is amazing. And some people use that to their advantage because they want to be polarizing. And that's great for their brand. That's never been part of my brand. You know, my brand for me is to bring people in for them to feel like they belong to feel like they're part of a community and that door is open to everybody you know it's it's not exclusive it is inclusive to literally anybody and you know that was always really important for me and that's what I teach in my coaching certifications about how to help them build a business as well. Yeah and I suppose to be more inclusive to find more people to reach out to more people it just naturally grew to all of these other platforms because you have a a great podcast with uh, probably millions of people downloading it now. Um, yeah. A huge following on Instagram. Um, a really like dream worthy um, book offer. What was? Do you remember thinking? Okay, so I've got this Facebook group, and now like I'm going to branch out. Like, how did you do that? How I did you? Yeah, I think sometimes even now I think, God, I'm winging it here. <laughs> you know, it's like, how I do, I have to pinch myself. If you just said to me when I initially started my business, Zoe, that it would be where it is now. And we have even more exciting things going on in the background as well, like some literally world changing stuff as well. Some really exciting things, which I can't share right now, but they are, if we get them and it comes through, it's life changing for many people. So yeah, I think, 
I, for me, it was about becoming a really good expert on Facebook to start off with. It was really getting those things in place. And um, I've always not only invested in my own trainings of learning more of how I can serve my clients better, but I've also also recognized I've got a very strong entrepreneurial flair as well. You know, entrepreneurship for me is... Again, of course, it's about earning money and building a business, but it's about reaching more people. And how do you do that? You know, I I see many people who are great coaches and therapists as well. But the entrepreneur side, the business side of that, they don't know how to set up a business. They don't know how to market or message. So not only have I invested in my trainings, I've also invested in learning from the best people that I know. Anybody that knows me, any training I've done, anybody I have worked with, I have researched them within an inch of their lives. Literally, I have, I think the stuff that I've invested in, I've chosen the best people at that time for me to work with. And I've chosen the best trainings that I felt in that moment can help me serve my clients the best. That's not to say there are other amazing trainings or other amazing people. It's just what felt right to me in those moments. And, you know, I have probably invested over 200,000 pounds now in that training since I've started my business. So, do you so you remember so you've got that then you then you move across maybe to Instagram I remember remember when I moved across to Instagram I was on holiday it was probably in 2019 um in the August and I remember sitting there on the beach with my family and thinking I really and I'd got maybe a couple of thousand followers at that stage just because I every night randomly I'd think oh I must share that on Instagram then you know nothing specific nothing consistent so I thought, right, you know what? I, I, lots of people are saying about Instagram. I just, I kept dipping in and out of Instagram and it just didn't, I didn't love it. And, um, so I thought, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to really focus and, and give it a go. And I actually found that I really loved it. I think probably because I really started to then research and understand it of with my audience. And obviously now I've got sort of 102,000, 103,000 followers as such. So we grow very, very steadily. Um, you know, again, it's about engagement. It's it's never been about the number on Instagram. You know, I know people who bought followers. I know people who have done all of these things because they want to get the number of followers. But you watch, you can always tell people who've done that because they have such slow growth because Instagram are kind of like, well, hold on, you've got all these followers, but no one's commenting. You can't be a very good account. So we're not going to show it to anybody. So you can spot people and, and things like this. And and again, it's not a vanity metric. We get a lot of comments. We get a lot of messages. Again, we probably get one to 200 direct messages every single day on Instagram. So again, we have a team of people. We respond or try to respond. You know, if we miss someone, it's it's a mistake. But we try to respond to every single person, like genuinely. And that could be, go and listen to this podcast. Go and watch this YouTube. Come and join my free group. Come and join my low-cost membership jump on a call with one of my team. You know, we're always trying to support at whatever stage we can. We're meeting them with where they are at. And I think that's what's really, really important because a lot of people like me, I didn't have any money at the start, but I still wanted to learn and I still wanted to understand. Yeah. And a lot of people don't reply to everybody. Um, That is definitely something which helps to build some traction with you getting known with people and people referring you on and recommending you because they, you know, they instantly feel like you're a genuine person if they're getting some kind of a response. We certainly Um, try to. And I'm sure, again, like anything, we're human beings, we're infallible. And, you know, 
whenever, even when I'm doing lives, even in my groups, if I'm doing a live and like we've got lots and lots of messages or I'm doing like a masterclass or something, you know, I'm always very mindful at saying, if I haven't replied, if I haven't responded to your question, please know it's not because that question doesn't matter. It's because I haven't seen it or I haven't had time in that moment. Drop me an email, you know, send me a message. So it's, it's, I never want, and maybe this is because I'm so trauma aware of this. I know somebody could write a question or send a message and then they're like sat waiting for me to answer that. And if I don't answer it, if they've also been in an abusive relationship, it's wiring in even more to them. I don't matter. I'm not important or anything. So it is really important, whatever that is, that there is some element of overview so that they know if we haven't answered, there's a reason for that. It's not because of you. And again, it's about the language. It's about what we use. And, you know, and and within my team, it's something I'll probably drive them mad over it really you know but it is really really important to me that whole audience experience yeah it's everything isn't it it's absolutely everything it's it's everything for your business it's just one thing I wanted to touch on before we finish which I think well I, I don't know how you manage this and I think it's something which stops a lot of people from growing a successful online audience and that's boundaries around what they share what you share, you 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 definitely don't share everything. You've got boundaries around what you share. Of course you have. But what you share, and there must have been a point at which you thought, some of this stuff I'm going to share, my friends, my family, my children are going to read and are going to know about me, that I've hidden all of this stuff. And now if this is, you know, was there a moment where you thought, if this is going to work for me, I've really got to start to open up. And that must have been scary and, and how other people can think about that and how that works for you. It is it is scary to a point. I think there's a number of things to think about here. One is I'm very, very open because, again, I've done a lot of trauma work myself and I don't want to abandon myself anymore. So I speak my truth with compassion and kindness. Um, with regard, say, my children, you know, I have such a great relationship with my children. We talk about a lot. They know my, you know, the stuff I've been through. They know my lowest points, but they can then see my resiliency and my growth beyond that. I don't want them to think I'm this perfect person right now because I'm definitely not. But equally, I want them to know that it's ongoing work and it's about communication. And it's about kindness and it's about you know, not just seeing the behavior in front of somebody in that moment, but understanding what's happened to them in the past to lead them to the behavior that they are exhibiting in that present moment. So yes, I am very open about all of this, because I don't judge myself, people may judge me. um, But again, that's, that's their own trauma and their projection of their pain. And again, I don't hold that against anybody because I do a lot of parts work in what I do. It really allows me to say in what we call self-leadership in my life and what I'm saying. Of course, there will be things with my family. I Some of the things I won't share, they're not for me to share because it's some of their stuff. But equally, some of the stuff that I do share, that's because it's my truth. And ultimately, I don't want to be silenced if it's not my truth, obviously, people can, you know, legalities of things, you know, people have to be mindful of stuff around um, things like that. But ultimately, for me, sharing and being vulnerable, I don't see that as a sign of weakness. For me, that's about me really um, telling my younger self that it was okay, telling my younger self that I didn't know those things at the time, and I may do now. And the hope is by showing people that and showcasing that, that where people are right now, they'll go on that journey as well. And, you know, 
people need to make a choice about how much they want to share because it is a choice and it is a decision. And of course, there's things that you want to do. But I know for me, I absolutely know the reason my business is where it is, is because I, I am vulnerable. I share my ups and I share my downs. You know, we've just had Mother's Day, for instance. You know, it's always a, 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 a kind of double-edged sword for me. You know, my mum isn't around, but I'm so grateful I have my two children. So, you know, I always try and share my ups and downs with things like that as well. So I think for people thinking about, you know, where is that line? It's just your boundary. And that can change. You can evolve. You can grow as you go along. And I think the key thing is just take one day at a time and share what feels right. And again, navigate by what you are feeling. If you write something out before you press post, if you're feeling a lot of activation, question and get curious about that. Am I doing this because I'm worried about me being visible and being judged by others? Or am I worried about, you know, I'm saying something legal? If it's the legal, then maybe think again. If it's obviously about me being judged by others, that's your own trauma work to do. I've always said, and so many people don't do this in building a business. They want to build a successful business. They go and buy all the business programs out there, but they don't do the trauma work. You know, most people know roughly how to start a business and get started, but then they struggle to post or do a reel or go live. That's trauma. And if they're not working on imposter syndrome or inner critical parts of them, then which are there actually to protect them from the potential of feeling something, it's always going to feel really, really heavy in their business and they're never going to reach their own true potential to help many people. So that's why in my coaching certification as well, you know, I'm always saying keep doing your own healing because as you do that, your business will grow. It's not just about getting the next course because people get hooked on buying courses and stuff as well because they haven't failed then. They're still kind of building their business. So yeah, it's just about being authentically true to yourself, but feeling safe enough to do that. And if it's not, that's where you still need to keep doing your own inner work. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, um, amazing. Um, I was going to say something in the end and I think there's really no need. Um, you're right about those posts that you just think, oh, I'm a bit vulnerable, you know, sit with it for a bit, feel it, think about it, why, adjust it, maybe tweak it. And then next time, just just test a little bit more because sometimes we need to just test it a little bit more, push it a little bit more and just see who responds and see who who comes back towards us rather than us always going out for other people. Sometimes they'll feel it and hear it in the in the post and then they'll they'll kind of come towards us. So um thank you, Caroline. Amazing, well, lovely story. Um very uh excited to see whatever it is to come. Yeah, thank I you. Do. You're most welcome. Thanks for inviting me, Zoe. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. Thank you.